Sounds good. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode on the Duan Marrero podcast. This is your host, Duan Marrero. Joining me today is Drew Rich. He's a uh, digital creator based out of Kansas City. Did I Kansas City, Missouri? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I live in the suburbs, work in the city. Awesome. Um, Drew is a freelancer. Him and I are in the same uh, space when it comes to media. Um, I'm very happy for you guys who always tune in and listen. Um, I normally uh, have it at WJOB Wednesday mornings, but today I wanted to pod and Drew was available. And I wanted to discuss all things about tech, uh, social media, uh, the life as a freelancer. And that's where Drew comes in. And Drew is going to share a little bit of his background and how he got into uh, creating content. Yeah, well, first, I appreciate you just, you know, showing interest and and bringing me on and uh, supporting uh, what I do on on social media and stuff like that. Because as a freelancer, that's kind of the lifeblood is uh the likes and and the comments unfortunately you know we say a lot of that stuff doesn't matter and in the big scheme of things it doesn't but any of those things can get my work in front of new eyeballs around Kansas City so um it is real that the support that I you know I've gotten from you is is meaningful and and helps me um want to keep going so I appreciate you having me on um to talk about this but yeah my <clears throat> Freelancing has has shifted in forms uh, from you know shooting weddings to shooting real estate. Um, now I'm I'm focusing in the sports world, which was always my like first passion when as far as media goes. Um, way back from getting subscriptions of Sports Illustrated Junior uh, to getting actual Sports Illustrated, just always flipping through. The pictures, reading some of the articles, I'll be honest, it was mostly just looking at the photography, um, right. kind of knowing those names of who was capturing those big sports moments and uh, clipping out covers of, of my favorite like ESPN magazines or Sports Illustrated magazines that, you know, from a young age, that was that was something that I really loved. I've, I've always admired your work, Drew, just from the grassroots um, venues. Um mm-hmm. Because you you had assisted with Mocan in the past, and I was covering for Indy Heat, and I would look at Mocan's work and their photography for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know I was like, man, I'm gonna meet you one day. I'm gonna meet some of their their team. And like I said, I've always been a fan. Um, and I know freelancing has its highs and lows. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you, or are you still dealing with consistent clientele as a, as a freelancer? Yeah, um, I'm not too much in the grassroots world. Uh, I spent a year with Mocan um, mm-hmm. and learned learned some great lessons. Uh, probably the main lesson was just that for me at, at my time uh, with um, the year that we met when I was with Mocan, I had uh, like a two-year-old and a newborn. Right. Um, and the AAU season is a grind. Um, oh, and I'm, all day. I'm thankful, yeah. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that year, but um, it ended up just being that I needed to find something different um, because of my family. Um, but that led to me kind of carving out a path with, with area high schools in Kansas City. That if I had stuck in that same road that I was in, I don't know if I would have found. So, um, 
you know, if we're here to talk about like traits of, of freelancing, I look back at that time where I could be disappointed that that relationship didn't work out. Um, right. But instead I look back at it and I say, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. And that was just a part of that roadmap uh, that's brought me here. So, um, you know, again, originally I kind of thought going into this game, like, Oh, I'm kind of limited because of having a family and being a little older, um, not being able to travel as freely, like drop everything and go to the nearest tournament um, because of just family responsibilities. But um, as I've grown in this industry, I've realized it also creates a structure for me that um, I thrive in needing structure. Uh, right. So, you know, where, where at first there was a negative connotation in my head, I flipped it to be like, I don't know if I would be doing what I was doing if I didn't have that structure or those forced breaks of like taking my girls to the park and getting my head out of the media game and just, you know, I have those breaks that are in my day no matter what. Um, That's awesome. And I hear other creators who are maybe younger talk about like, oh, I don't know how to like have a break or take, you know, take myself out. And I get that. It's hard when I'm working on something. I want to focus on it till the end. But um, I kind of have built in that we're going to take walks. We're going to go to the park. And, and for me, that keeps me in a healthy creative zone so you built that own structure and it looks like you set up your own boundaries and i think for any individual you should have boundaries uh no matter what profession you're in how long have you been you know your own business um to this point um it honestly it wasn't like a clean cut so if i go back a little bit uh, I was in, when I was in high school, nobody was watching videos on their phone. Um, but we had a, kids' phones just didn't have the capability of showing videos. But every Friday, right. we would have like a sports center type show. And I was the kid in high school who had a, you know, a little camera with me wherever we went. And right. um, I swam, but didn't do the main sports. So I would be at those main sports with a camera. Um and so started doing that way back when shelved it for college, didn't touch a camera for a long time. Um, and then just was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I was got a job in a middle school that allowed me to kind of work back into slowly getting a camera and uh, filming some weddings on the weekends and stuff like that. Um, and then when I was getting a couple bigger gigs here and there and it sticks out in my memory because it was the day gobert touched the microphones of <laughs> of when covid was kicking off and he touched right. those microphones and then everything like shut down that night um it was my first credentialed uh i was at the big 12 tournament in kansas city and it was like you know, I took a picture in front of my house with the credential, like a first day of school type thing. And wow. that, so then I was there that evening in the news, like the newsroom in the basement of the arena when everything was shutting down, like Tom, people were yelling about Tom Hanks catching it and stuff like that. So everything shut down. And I just remember thinking like, oh, I'm entering a world 
of like freelancing in a very uncertain time. So for me, that's funny. And then I switched quickly into like real estate um, during that time. But so that's a long way of saying, I guess it's been about like two and a half to three. I I started in um, COVID. Yeah. Once I came back from Europe, Mm -hmm. um, I was looking forward to going to my next journey, which was I will go from Europe to like Puerto Rico. And in Europe, it was like I came back. I remember I came back December 23rd -hmm. and I would do ride share just to bring in some income because once you are um, coming back from overseas, I mean, unless you got other incomes coming in, which is pretty rare for professional athlete because it's like only thing you're focusing on is working out, talking to your agent. And so Puerto Rico season didn't start again until February. So I had yeah. December and February. So in that gap, I would do Uber or yeah. Lyft here in Chicago. It's a top five market. Yeah. But in that in that span, I was I was doing ride share and I, I I was getting these updates about COVID and uh the pan like the before the pre pandemic. Yeah. Um my rides was getting limited and limited in Chicago. Right. Yeah. I'm like I'm like, are they about to shut the the whole country down? And so it was like, man, I'm I'm driving around like I am legend. Yeah. Nobody in the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one to pick up. Right. And so gym rats though, because I stay in Indiana, um, Indy Heat Gym Rats, we have our own facility. We have like two facilities. Right. And we didn't shut things down. Um yeah. and I started to just be more around grassroots basketball. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, okay, let me see if I could pick up another hobby. Right. There was no such thing as being an athlete at that time. Everyone was kind of on the same level um, in that moment. So I I recorded a game with my iPhone. Yeah. And a parent came up to me and was like, hey, did you get that clip? Mm -hmm. And then I would see like a couple of kids with cameras come in and make money off my friends. Right. So Mm -hmm. my perspective is different on why I joined Mm -hmm. the business. And a lot of people don't know when you see someone baseline, nine out of ten times they're getting paid by somebody. May not be a person there, but it's probably for let's say uh, SC next. And I said, wow, like, so you guys are getting paid to just record this game, 150, 200 bucks. And when this parent hit me up about my iPhone footage, man, I I took that and ran with it and asked so many freelancers questions in the gym Mm -hmm. um, in that 2019, 2020 saga. And my first camera was an A6100, man. And then Once I mastered that, I went in depth to get a a a seven. What was a seven three with the Best yeah. Buy credit card? Right. And the rest was history, man. That yeah. that's my quick brief on like on my end on why I got into like freelancing. Yeah, yeah and I I had a year of Uber too. Like I in Kansas City market, you know, it was probably not as good as Chicago, but I, right. you know. And I've even thought back like now that I'm doing these things of what, you know, I've done catering, bartending, serving, you know, I've had these, all these jobs that in one headspace, I could look back and be like, man, those would, those could have been times where I could be, could have been working on my craft, my working on getting better with a camera. But instead I choose the headspace of like, where I'm at now, what good customer service 
things yeah. that I pick up while I, I love was in Uber those jobs. conversations. Yeah. I and, love the Uber conversation. So yeah. <laughs> and even as a as a waiter, like I knew I had to learn which tables I could upsell what type of things to. And now as a freelancer, I have to quickly kind of be able to gauge like, okay, I might be able to upsell you know, this client on this package or, you know, maybe lay off that and just be happy to get, you know, a low package right. with this client. And, and those tools were all things that at the time when I was a server, when I was a bartender, I had bad moods of just like, this isn't what I want to be doing. This isn't helping me at all. And now as I look back, you know, I can see like, oh, I was sharpening tools that aren't camera related that are helping me have a long career because my goal is length in this game, not, not, uh, short stuff like that. But, um, when, when did yeah. you, when did you gain like confidence in your creativity? Like I know my worth, did it mm -hmm. take you a while to know what you will want to charge? Are you still dealing with those? I'm still dealing with yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the hardest part is for me is to, I mean, you said like drawing boundaries, knowing worth, especially when bills are coming and they keep coming. Yeah. Like I, there's that urge and drive to just accept anything. Um, and I have those moments and it's just a balancing act and finding, you know, different markets are, you know, you can price things differently when, work in weddings there's a foundation like there's an industry standard kind of of like what a wedding video costs or what wedding photography costs and when i came from weddings into sports i realized quickly like it's a lot more like the wild wild west of like hey some people aren't prepared at all to pay for correct for services like that and then if they are coming from the wedding industry i had kind of a sticker shock or the opposite of just like, oh, this is different. So like what I was making one one day for a wedding, I'd have to shoot, you know, 10 to 15 games to to get mm -hmm. that. So that's what pushed me into buying flashes and figuring out, okay, it's not going to be games that keep my, you know, keep this going. So what else right. can I bring to the table um, and, and providing and, putting together packages of, of certain like media assets with flash photography and some more like highly produced stuff. Um, that's what kind of pushed me into that, that realm. Um, and yeah, I, I'm happy with that right now. I still do games, a lot of, a lot of games, but those games are almost a step in the door for me to get into like a studio session with a team and provide them with high quality assets. You got to go in with a game plan. I, I tell freelancers that like younger ones, right? Like, yeah. Hey man, you know, you have no ceiling or no cap on how much mm -hmm. money you can make throughout the year. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have some people who is with a much more of a team setting, you, you have a cap because you yeah. sometimes you're on salary or you're getting paid by hourly. Right. And it, it's nothing like that. I did one wedding. I think I lowball myself for like 1200 and yeah. I was with him all day, but I just wanted to say I did a wedding. What sure. was the most you've charged for a wedding as a photographer? So, 
Or did you do Actually, video? Actually, I've only do? done video. Yeah, I've only done video oh, as a wedding. And how much and you charge? In the sports world, I'm photo first. Okay. And that's you know, but I'm capable. Like I can do video. But again, it was me kind of realizing quickly, I had to kind of turn and burn clients, and I could do that with photo, where if I do a video and sit down and make a mix, like it just, and then having my kids like that limitation forced me to be like, I can't spend a whole night choosing a song, adding the effects I want and doing that. And that's not to minimize the amount of work it takes for photography. It's just me figuring out like I can start and finish a project with photography quicker and then get to the next client. Um, and in, in that part of my life, that's what I needed to do. But in the wedding world, turnaround times can be, like three months from you film a wedding and, and people expect, you know, where basketball they're asking before I leave the parking lot. If the yeah, yeah, hey, you got that. Hey, can, right. can you yeah. send that? Yeah. And that was an adjustment because with weddings, it's just understood like the day is going to happen. And, you know, three to four months from the wedding day, I'll, I'll see the product. And so that was another like, shift for me of like okay coming into the sports world that's obviously not going to work when i've been hired by more professional teams um i've been you know lucky enough to work with the women's professional soccer team and and they need pre-game you know pre-game photos halftime photos and end of game photos delivered and when i worked for the nibc same thing we were doing photos of of warm-ups photos at halftime and photos um, so I'm both those sides of like being able to deliver what your client needs when is an important skill too. I know that's not the original question. I'm sorry. Right. Um, but no, that's, that's, that's general great information because the wedding business is lucrative mm -hmm. more than the sports world. Um, because I, I getting oversaturated at this mm -hmm. point, you see a lot of new, videographers uh, but one thing that i always tell people the separation comes from how consistent can you be yeah right you can yeah. tell the people who's doing it for fun or they're doing it because it's a big game and they want to showcase this is their um gateway this is their intro mm -hmm. to uh freelancing and the consistency part is where a lot of freelancers falls off over time yeah, yeah. um what's been your favorite social media app that you use uh, mostly now because i see you on tiktok i love the tiktok videos i i'm mm. starting to do voiceovers getting out of my comfort yeah. zone more because since i pod i was like well shit let me start doing voiceovers right. to yeah. some of my favorite players i mean what you said there is is first i my friends my peer group are not putting their faces on social media because they don't need to they don't they have jobs that you know, lawyers and doctors. Right. So for me to start being in front of camera on, on platforms was me dipping my toes into like a avenue of vulnerability. Um, and it's not even a fact of like, Oh, I have to do this enough times that it's not uncomfortable anymore. Like it's going to be uncomfortable for me personally. I just have to, swallow that and say like who yeah. else is gonna who else is gonna talk about my work other than right. me so 
my favorite app is whatever one is getting the inquiries in. Uh, so Twitter, I think, uh, before kind of all the the shift that happened with Twitter, I I think I got most of my job inquiries off of Twitter um, because it was really easy in people's Twitter bios to see like, okay, he's the SID at this school. They're the director of communications at this school. And just, you know, not overly aggressive, but polite interactions with people on Twitter um, got my pictures, which that was even for me to start posting things that I thought were good was the first step of vulnerability because it's so much easier to like talk about things that you don't think are good on the internet. It's almost like the internet is made to hate on things, but yeah. So I had to like gain that muscle, work that muscle of just like, I think this is good. I'm going to post it. Whether it gets two likes from my wife and my mom, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Like I'm going to keep going and, and more and more, I would post more and more and interact with, um, people in the industry. And so Twitter was, got me a couple jobs. Um, especially Kansas city is a, is a pretty, like we're not in no way in my pretending Kansas city is a top five, like sports market, but as a media market, um, we can go, I can go back through the history. Some of the best sports writers have come out of Kansas city. Some of the best, uh, talking heads like on radio have come out of Kansas city. Um, and so, like, for whatever reason, something's in the Kansas City water that that puts sports media um, at a high level. Um, the Kansas City Star, you know, has pumped out national writers for years. But all that to say, right now, TikTok is where I've gotten more inquiries because that's where high school athletes are watching content. And so that's where right. I'm still on Twitter. I'm still doing stuff on Instagram. But because it's my billboard, it's my commercial, I have to be flexible and post where, I, I said it in a recent video, I post for like peers in the industry, for other people who are doing camera work and, and potential clients. And so I don't care about the numbers as long as I see that it can be small numbers, but if those numbers are from peers or potential clients, then I'm encouraged and I know, okay, this is a path I wanna follow. Yeah, it's uh, Twitter, TikTok for me has been really reliable um, because of the reach that you get from different peers, right? Like the, the community. But then you, it's very, it could be toxic at times too. Like I put a six, seven, yeah. five kid and I compared him to Zach Eady, who, who goes to IMG and plays for his blue team. And I have to delete the comments because yeah. people will just leave a comment just to be jerks. Um, yeah with not the right intent uh, because the internet loves controversy. Sure. Um, and, and you speak to classes also. I'm going to have you elaborate on what information do you give the kids when you speak to them at, at, at the local schools and in, in the Kansas city community? Oh man, a lot. Uh, let me, I'll address real quick. I don't have to usually deal with, those type that type of negative comments because I personally because I never played basketball at a high level um, even when I'm photographing a game you could come up to me ask me who's having a best that you know who's having a good game and I'm so focused in the camera that I, I might not know the score and so I'm pretty I know the game you know I, I 
right. it helps me to anticipate, you know, I can anticipate action and I can feel the flow of the game and, and be ready for moments. But I, my strength is not ever going to be like breaking down someone's game or saying it's this game is similar to this player. That's just not my strength. So I know that you, I'm not going to have that type of content. So I don't think I have to deal with the negativity there. Um, right. I'm also like a, a dad of, of two toddlers. So a negative comment about my work is going to slide off. Like those two kids humble me every day more than a random person on TikTok would. Right. So, so, you know, I'm thankful for those things. Um, but so when I go, when I go and speak at high schools, the, the first thing right off the bat is just breaking the ice by telling them some of those things like, you know, I could be shooting the women, you know, U.S. women's national team, which to me is my career highlight of like taking pictures of the best soccer players in the world and then go home and have to change a diaper. Like, but you're not going to see that part on Instagram. So I just want to, when I speak to high schoolers to say like, my Instagram looks a certain way and is fun and like has exciting photos because it's my commercial it's my billboard um but let's have a real conversation about how the bills are tight and being a freelancer is choosing to you know make your own sandwiches for lunch every day because you're spending money on gear or you know uh we I mean, we sometimes even go deep into because I'm self-employed, like a huge chunk of my money goes into taxes and health insurance. So when I tell high schoolers like, A, start charging something because the more reps you get of asking for money, the easier it gets. And it's just like anything else. Like even if you're charging like the gas to get to the venue, you're going to be more comfortable when you get older and you are and you have to charge your worth because you've already had those conversations. And even then I tell people get used to just like taking 30% of whatever you're asking out of it, because the government's going to do that when you start making this a real thing. And if you can get those reps, it just becomes easier. And when I say that it's advice to myself as much as it is, it is for the kids yeah. because those are just the things that like aren't going to do numbers on Instagram, but it's the reality of, of freelancing. We have eight minutes left, Drew. I want to yeah. ask you this question. Um, what's been your most memorable shoots that you have done, whether that was photo or video, you named the women's soccer, which was tremendously awesome. Uh, what's another one that was your favorite that, you know, you still rave about to this day? Um, yeah, so the women's soccer was one, and and part of what makes that story my favorite is the very next day, um, less than 24 hours, I went and shot a high school JV tennis. So I saw the top of the top women's sports athlete, and then tennis, which is such a hard sport that um, it's nothing against those athletes, but just to see kids learning tennis is such a shift of uh which was why I enjoy freelancing. Like it was one pinnacle of their career in one end and people just learning a sport 
uh, at the other end in the span of 24 hours. So I love that, like encapsulating of freelancing, but then being able to shoot media day for our local uh, professional women's soccer team, the current, um, what for me is a highlight of my career because that organization is making Kansas City cooler. Uh, they had a killer season. Um, I also was photo photographed their club's first win ever because uh, it's kind of a new club. So to have those two moments in this new team um, of Kansas City for me, especially with two daughters uh, that I can tell like your dad shot their first win in team history and got to shoot media day uh, um, when they when they went to the championship and almost won. So for me, those That's are so awesome. my two ones. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Drew, and and just you know giving light to your world, our space, because mm -hmm. uh, this is what we do for a living. We're in yep. a community of brainstorming, coming yes. up with new innovative ideas, and I think that's what keeps us relevant in a job is that we offer solutions. Yes, and someone always needs someone to market. So thank yes. you for coming on, man, and and just sharing your journey in the creative space. Yeah, I appreciate you having me for sure.